Hey, 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 welcome to another edition of the Best Women's Boxing Show, period. I am Cynthia Conte, and as you can see, I'm by myself at the Brown Table Talk, but Giandra LaBeouf has also joined me, but via Zoom, because she's at home sick. But it's all right, she's still Hi, here. Hi, you guys. <laughs> Hi, you guys. I could not miss out. Today is a great day. I feel like hot basura, but <laughs> I had to get up out of my deathbed for our guest today. I We are so excited to talk to this beautiful, talented, hard-hitting, bad-ass woman. So let's go ahead and bring her in. Let's bring in Ebony Bridget. <laughs> Ooh. Hey, guys. Hey, hey girls. She finally, Hello, she finally, she finally responded to my DM. <laughs> I'm like, I even tweeted, I'm like, I'm sliding in your DMs, Ebony. <laughs> I think I said slide on in or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. I mean, I miss so much. It's, um, if it doesn't go in my thing. So as you can imagine, the many requests and um, some of the weird stuff I get, I'm just like, oh. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes people get lost in between. But yeah, I'm glad mm. that I, I was able to see you guys and um, I'm on here now, so. No, thank you for awesome. taking the time out to join us. Uh, we know that you just moved. I mean, you put it out there that you finally moved from down under to the UK. We were kind of wondering, it's so bright out there. It looks like it's afternoon, but it's it's 9 p.m. there right now. Yeah, it's like just like five past or ten past nine. Um, yeah, it's quite strange um, <laughs> for me as well. I've got a skylight up there. It's just like full beaming in. It doesn't really get dark until like 10, 1030. Um, and I'm a night runner. Like I like, like running at night. And um, so it's like I'm going to have to get used to running in the day because I'm not going for a run at like 11 o'clock. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's getting an adjusting. But, hey, I'm, I'm sure it would be it'll be – be able to make most of it. <laughs> oh, thank you. So tell us about your move. You know, it's, you're having a wonderful career. Your progression has been going up and up and up. And now you move from a very far land down under to, to England. Why was this the best move at the best time for you? Yeah, look, it just got to a point where, um, you know, it's, I've been traveling back and forth to Australia for the last couple of years um, between, you know, America, UK and Australia. And my last camp for my last my world title fight was the first time I actually hadn't traveled between like two, three different countries and time zones for a camp. And um, I found a camp here in the UK, a trainer that I really liked. And um, I was the first camp where I was actually settled for eight to nine weeks, you know, not just not countries, not country hopping. Um, and I just felt so good. And, you know, for me, there's so many opportunities here. All my sponsors are here. Obviously my promoters here. Um, and, you know, I've got just such a huge fan base here and it just makes sense for me to, to be here in the UK. Um, because going back home, obviously that's why when I'm leaving there after every fight, I'm having to travel back to Australia just because it's my home and you got to go back. And for me, it just stops my momentum, you know, like I want to stay in the gym and keep, continue to train, continue to learn keep the flow going with my, you know, obviously my business as well with the brand building with like other jobs that I've got going and things that I'm doing um, on the side, which is all here in the UK. It was probably obviously a very hard decision for me because, you know, moving across the world away from my family. And I actually had to split with my boyfriend of 10 years, oh, um, which is really, oh. yeah. I was going to talk about too much because I'll get really, up, I will get really upset. I pretty much, I did, I'm actually getting emotional, but I did cry like, like my whole way here because it's just, you know what, it was a, it was like a choice. I had to make a choice really between love 
and my dreams and it was probably the hardest choice I've ever had to make and it's just very unfortunate that my partner um he's got a beautiful life over there and, and he's got a beautiful job and his family's amazing and he's very close to them all and he's everything over there is perfect for him and everything over here is perfect for me um and we're just like this you know so I mean unfortunately I wasn't going to give up my dreams and my possibilities and what I believe my destiny for, for someone else, you know what I mean? I wouldn't say for love, but I would say for someone else. Um, and I wouldn't have expected him to do that for me. So, so here we are. Um, he was very supportive. Um, I was very blessed and very lucky that he just understands. He knows me, knows I'm very goal driven, very dream driven and very different to him to be fair. And I'm happy to go and just be away from my family and everything like that. And, um, so, you know, the best thing to do because we love each other, just support each other and that's it. So, you know, and I'm not going to do a long-term relationship because I think it's better that we both find someone, hopefully eventually, that um, fits into our lives and he has someone that's there for him, wants to be there with him and his family and do all these stuff and vice versa. So, you know, everything happens for a reason and you make these sacrifices that are very hard and I've made many sacrifices through my life and this is probably one of the biggest, obviously. Um, not just him, but my whole country, my family, you know, my mom and my and my twin brother and everything. It was, it's been really hard. But um, it just gives me more motivation and more drive to make sure that my dreams do come true and it is all for a reason. It's just fuel. It's a lot of fuel there for someone that might not have made as much sacrifice. Um, they're not as driven, but I was driven before and now I'm even more fucking driven. <laughs> like now I'm fucking unstoppable. So you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's just all fuel for me for, for my goals. I think that's understandable because, uh, if, if you were moving to the UK just to move to the UK, that's a whole different story, but exactly. he's always supported you. And I remember you've always, it, it's never really spoken about in social media about your partner. Yeah. But the little that has been said is that yeah. he's been very, very supportive, especially cause we know yeah. that you're in the UK majority. Of yeah, the time. exactly. So, yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, extremely, extremely supportive. Um, and it's just, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's just like you can't expect someone to come over here for me and then he doesn't have a job here, he doesn't have family here, he doesn't have friends here and what's he going to do, sit around by himself, like, in the garden, <laughs> like, while I'm out mm-hmm. busy doing my thing. It's just not fair, you know, and um, and we both understand that. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's. I'm lucky that we, we're both how we are because um, it was 10 years, it's a long time. And um, I just, we both believe, I mean, we're both in the same mindset that everything happens for a reason. And if it was meant to be, it would be. And maybe who knows, you know, it might come something later. But right now I'm going to be focusing on my career because that's why I moved over here. So mm-hmm. that's beautiful. So, so what do you think this next chapter is going to look like? Sometimes uh, companions, you know, making sacrifice for dreams, it frees up a lot of mental space and physical space yeah. to be in full pursuit. So what do you think this next chapter is going to look like? Yeah, definitely. You know what? Um, to be able to um, not have to think about home and anyone like, like, oh, I better go do this for them and I better go back home because I better go see this person. And even my family, like, my mom's pretty upset, obviously, but, um, uh, like she had this thing where she's like, oh, you're going to disown us all. I'm like, mate, they're still my family. Like <laughs> I'm just, I got to do what I got to do. Like chill out. Like it was like, I was just leaving and that's it. Like I'm dead now or something like it, she weren't really dramatic about it, but she's like, she's okay now kind of, but, um, look, it's just for me, I'm always like in camp. Um, my last camp in particular was the first camp that I just literally blocked out everything from home. My boyfriend, my family, um, I didn't talk to anyone for like nearly eight weeks because I just felt it was my world title fight and I had one fucking shot and I just knew that 
I had to do absolutely everything possible in that camp to make sure that I came out of out as a winner. And for me, I, that was preserving my energy, not giving it out, not feeling like I need to do anything or I have to, um, so word have, um, I don't know what the word is, but like a commitment to, to be doing something when I'm, I'm not feeling like it, you know, like my mum would message me and I would just say no. And then like, she messaged me again. I'm like, look, mum, I'm so sorry, but you know, like uh, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm not, I don't miss you. I don't, not thinking about home. I'm sorry, but all I'm thinking about is becoming a world champion. And unfortunately that means that, um, you know, I've got to cut it all out and that's just the kind of person I am. Um, and I come back when it's done, but it's like, it's just, it's just how I am. Um, so now, yeah, I'm going to just be like that, you know, and, um, it's going to be good here. Just focus on my career, focus on my boxing, my gym. Don't have to like think about no one. Don't have to cook for no one. Don't have to do nothing. Just, um, all, all me, which, it's gone even better than it was before. So I I just believe, you know, hopefully another fight in the summer, at the end of the summer, and then another one at the end of the year. And um, I look to be, you know, um, unifying all next year. Oh, well, you did talk about unifying uh, because yeah. we did have someone on the show, Jamie Mitchell, who also has oh, yeah. one of the belts. Some people have to build their name because you built your name. Literally, I remember watching you yeah. during pandemic on Instagram, hitting tires in your basement in Australia. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, remember yeah. this. I'm like, who is this girl? And I said, she yeah. got big boobs. She got blonde hair. Yeah. She can bang. <laughs> yeah, and that yeah, was that's awesome. And you just made your pro debut in 2019 the pandemic hit in 2020 so it was all for themselves and you were one of the very few that did everything on social media to be noticed and eventually you got you uh, put your name on a bill here um, in the uk for matchroom and now look at you you're a freaking world champion you are a fucking world champion girl. yeah i mean look I, it's a fucking story like i mean not many people know much about previous um twitter i should say because i only just joined twitter and that's when i started to get really noticed um but yeah i mean and doing all the interviews with all the british people and um, all the british channels and stuff and just making the most of 2020 when we were in covid because i fought in indiana at the beginning of 2020 when it was just starting to come into covid and i just come back from you know the whole year of an injury in 2019 and and i want to keep the ball rolling and then that happened and i was like well I can't just sit back and do nothing. So, yeah, I would be up at like 1 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. doing interviews because obviously I'm in Australia and I'm having to work off the, you know, British time zones and the and American time zones to do interviews with people. And I wasn't – I was just doing them with anyone I could really just to keep pushing out my personality and who I am and my story because I couldn't – people – well, I couldn't fight, so I had to get people to fall in love with me rather than my boxing, and that's exactly what happened. And, and I just had a bunch of fans of, I suppose, Ebony Bridges or the Blonde Bomber, and they all just wanted to see me fight. And, I mean, I put up little things, um, but I was never really needing to prove myself, put up sparring or anything like that, or my fights I never did because I knew at once I just had the fight, um, then that's when I would shock the, shock the world. And the, obviously the Courtney fight was my first fight in the UK, my christening or my welcoming to the uk and i think i did shock the world and <laughs> yeah you did and a year later and a, and a year later shocked the world again by beating the longest reigning champion in my division so and i'll keep shocking the world because i'll keep keep doing the shit that people don't expect me to do you know um and i've always done that my whole life and i'm all about that shock value so yeah i mean 
people that believe me and the people that back me won't be shocked, but I'll just keep shocking the others. Do you, yeah. do you feel like now that people are, are giving you more respect when you first emerged on the scene, people had these preconceived notions of who they thought you were, but now that you keep going winning and winning, and now that you're the Bantamweight champion, is the respect level changing for you? Do you feel? Yeah, definitely within the box, obviously within the boxing world and, um, you know, the pundits and stuff like that because um, they can see you can't deny me. You can't say that I can't fight. Not only can I fight, I'm fucking entertaining. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and in and out of the ring. So you can't you can't deny me of that. And if you do, you're just a fucking hater and, and all you don't know shit about boxing and those people I don't give a fuck about anyway. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but. No, you can totally. Oh, that's a grown show. <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean. Um, I, I have as a world champion, obviously, again, got a lot, I uh, turned a lot of, um, doubters into believers cause there's still obviously doubt and, you know, but again, I've gained a whole bunch of more haters and more people that just fucking, they just hate that you're successful. You know what I mean? But they're never going to like you and they're never going to like, um, uh, uh, they're never going to support you no matter what. So I'm not really, I'm not really, really fussed about them. Like look at Mayweather. Literally, like one of the best boxers in in in, in history, and um, he still has haters. You know, um, I mean, all of them. You, you know, you got people talking shit about Tyson, even like he has shit footwork, this and that. But doesn't matter who you are, you're gonna have someone talk shit. So, um, as long as I'm collecting the, the the you know the following and the and the support as well, and keep turning real boxing fans and real critics, um, then yeah, I'm you know I'm happy, and obviously inspiring other women. You know, um, and I believe I have inspired many women. I see it on social media. You know, I took all the bullets and I took all the hate for over a year, two years um, because of my femininity and because I embrace it and a lot of disbelief and um, no one else was doing it really. And now they are and they're not getting anything. Everyone is just like, oh, yeah, there's another girl in lingerie. Or there's another girl being sexy. It doesn't matter. But that's because I. I know you. if you've been following me since you would know, like you would have seen the hate and trolling and then how much I got before I was able to prove myself um, and now no one questions it. It's, it I've, I feel like I've really normalised and I'm so happy that it's happened because that was my goal from the start. If you remember my Shannon Courtney yeah. press conference, you know, I was always just pushing it, you know, be you, be real, femininity, why can't we be sexy? Why can't we be feminine? Why can't we just do what we want to do and wear what we want to wear? Like it's it's shouldn't be a judge of whether or not I take the sport seriously or not. It's very fucking very obvious that I take the sport very seriously more than most people, you know, he, my trainer, Mark Tibbs, um, in numerous interviews say that I'm the most professional fighter or athlete he's ever trained. And he's trained world champions, Dylan White, Billy Joe Saunders, and a lot of other, you know, big names, um, throughout his career. So, you know, you can't question that at all. I, I totally believe every move of yours has been very, very calculated. You are a very smart woman. Um, for people who don't even know, when I when I was reading about you, you have a bachelor's in math. You have a minor in f- uh, physical education. You have a master's degree in teaching. So you're not this dumb, blonde bimbo that many people think that you are. Just because you got big boobs, you got blonde hair. Yeah. I, it, it, it's mind-boggling. So when you, step yeah. on the, when you step on the scale in a piece of lingerie a two-piece lingerie yes she has a banging body yes she's got big old boobs who cares what's the difference between a bikini and lingerie you know i don't know the difference is man <laughs> i really don't know what the difference is i just maybe because i fill out my lingerie yes maybe if i didn't have i, I maybe if i didn't have you know bolt-ons like implants what we call them we call them bolt-ons maybe i didn't have big big bolt-ons and i might be a little bit different or maybe 
you know what it is as well? It's a stage, I call it stage presence, obviously, because mm-hmm. I'm a body bodybuilder. So it's a presence that I have when I'm on those scales. I don't just like walk on all up all shy and just like go like this. Like I don't do that. Pose. I, I work, I pose like a, like a bodybuilder, like yeah. a fitness model because that's what I did for 10 years. You know what I mean? And I was a ring girl, card girl for 10 years. So I've always known how to work a room and work a stage and um, when I'm half naked because I've done it <laughs> for so many years. And um, I really enjoy those cute little turns and my little transitions and poses. And um, and I think that's – I just bring a bit of spice and a bit of sexy to it. And why not? I mean, it's 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 fun for me and it kind of brings me back to my old bodybuilding days. And, um, and that's the difference, I think, um, is it's not just what I'm wearing. It's it's the vibe that I give off because I'm so confident in, in myself and so confident in just, you know, being – being me, you know, and I'm um, showing off the hard ass work body that I've been dieting and training for for 10 weeks. I don't walk around like that. Man, if I walked around like that, you'd probably see me in like a bikini every single day. But, you know, <laughs> I'd be walking around naked. <laughs> literally. But, I know I, mean, I would. Un- unfortunately for me, it's only really only look that, that mad, like, as, you know, looking where I want to show it off for, for a little shorter time. So I make the most of it and I bloody work it. Um, and you know, in a way it's good in a way, because probably if I did look like that all the time, um, you know, people would not get sick of my body, but it, I mean, it might be like just too much in a way it's, it's good. Cause I just save it all for the weigh-ins and it's my little treat, you know, that I do on the weigh-in day. I'm not really, um, I'm quite conservative, uh, most of the time to be fair. Like I like turtlenecks and I like to dress nice and classy most of the time. Um, if I'm going out, it's a hot day. Like it, if I'm going out, I'm can't help. I can't hide my fucking boobs. But I mean, I, I'm not like an eight. I'm not like I'm not like an 18 year old that I just need to have like my boobs out constantly all the time. You know what I mean? But so it's it's nice to be able to just like have that little that little day where I'm able to show it off and and whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's all part of the bomber. It's all part of long bomber. And I mean, there's very there's many branches to me and. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's only, it's a, it's, I'm only 30, 35, so I'm sure I'll grow a lot more branches and I'll have a lot more um, things about me in another 10 years. You know, uh, let's so. talk about your Courtney fight because that was yeah. one, that was the fight that, like you said, it really showed and proved to the, to the fans, to the boxing world, who you really, really were. Like you could take a punch, both you and Shannon really threw down. I personally thought you won the fight. Yeah. But for you to you your eyeball was so swollen. Yeah. I, I I could you see out of that eye at all? No. No. How I did you I fight with of, one eye? I've got you a pretty f- big fucking heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you no, know, because because I'm a fighter, you know, and um, no matter what, I don't I don't quit. Um, and I didn't give a fuck. I just you know I was brought up in my boxing from when I first started boxing. That um, you can't show weakness. If you're hurt, you can't show it. If you, if anything, you just got to hide your emotions. You got to hide your pain. You got to hide it all because as soon as you show a bit of weakness or a bit of pain, it gives its fuel for your opponent. Just like it would be for me. If I saw my opponent weakened or hurt, then I would just, it would just turn me into a beast, another beast. So you just got to keep on doing what you're doing and stay focused. You know, um, what could I do about it? Nothing. So I just continued. With a smile. Yes. <laughs> Man, I, I love this shit. <laughs> and then following that fight, you go on to have three consecutive wins and the, the momentum just keeps going and going and going. How often do you want to fight per year? What would be ideal now that you've made the move and 
that travel and that delay time has been taken away, what would be the ideal scenario for you? Love to fly it like four, three to four times a year. Um, the only problem that I'm having at the moment is because I broke my hand um, in the gangle of fight, busted it really bad. Um, now I have issues with my hand. And even after my last fight, it took about six to seven weeks to recover my hand. And now I've got a doctor or a surgeon that I'm seeing and he's given me this like plate that I that I wear on my hand in training to to stop the pain and help the pain. But obviously I can't wear that in a fight. Um, but then when I'm in a fight, I just got to use it and deal with it afterwards. So I'm hoping my next fight, maybe I don't blow it up as much as, as I did my last one. But that's all the thing. That's anything that really holds me back. Um, that's going to hold me back is just that um, from how fast it takes me to recover and start punching again. And I'm not really keen on having a surgery. Um, I could have a surgery, but it will put me out for six to eight months. And um, I've, I don't, I don't input in my eyes. I don't really have that time to take out. Um, I'm, I'm older and um, just want to keep them like, keep it going. I know I can still work on things without my hand um, in training. I just um, can't punch. So it just might keep me, it just might make my camps a little bit longer if that makes sense. But who knows? I mean, I'm fingers crossed uh, my next fight, I just knock them out with my left hand and um, then we're good to go again in another month. You know what I mean? And we're good. So, um, yeah, we're all working on it. Mark Tibbs is an incredible trainer. He's, it's the best thing I've done. Um, and obviously having Kaylee and Brian, they come over and be in my corner. I, I wouldn't have a fight without them in my corner even because, they're, you know, they're like my, my mum, dad, and um, I love having them in my corner. And um, um, I have that whole, just the whole, the three of them, it's just a perfect team. Couldn't ask for anything better. Because I know since with Mark Tibbs that you've been working with him, that you've been really working on the jab. Your ring IQ is incredible. And we've seen it. I've seen it. I don't know if Jander's noticed it, but I've seen it in the ring from uh, your fights that it's a little different because I know you just like to go bang. Yeah. I know you're going for that knockout. But now, you know, <laughs> yeah. you just, you have to, you obviously have to fight smarter now, especially with your hand. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. With Mark knowing that, does he say, does he, when he notices you're going to start throwing that right hand, does he say you need to lay off? You need to calm down? Um, he- no, I mean, look, I could, I literally couldn't throw my right hand for about, well, it was about four months, 20 weeks. Almost, that's almost five months. It was, it was almost, it was about four and a half months, four and a half months. I couldn't throw my right hand after the gangle of fight. Um, so that's four and a half months of just using my left hand. So, I mean, it got stronger. My left hand got stronger. It got um, trained muscle memory. So now I just automatically throw it. And obviously having someone like Mark Tibbs, who's um, all about the jab, but also he's very good at teaching the jab and these kind of tactics kind of helped as well. And there was points, especially at the beginning of my sparring um, and training, because I hadn't thrown my right hand for so long. Um, it was a bit wild, you know, so he was like, just don't throw it. Like just, you know, throw. Or if you're going to throw it, it has to be straight, you know, and he used to, really get up me about it um, to, to pull away from the overhands um, and like just setting it all up using the jab to set everything up, obviously. Um, and my left hand used to be my weekend because I had so many injuries. I was supposed to have surgery on my left elbow. I've had about, I've had about seven, seven or eight cortisone shots in my elbow. And I, every camp I have cortisone shots in my elbow, in my left elbow because of the, the wear and tear in my elbow. It's, there's, there's everything that's wrong with it. But, um, Somehow it's just been really good, knock on wood. Um, lately, my last camp, I didn't have any issues with the left hand. So 
the left elbow. So if that can continue, then, I mean, we can continue with my left hand and my right hand and we're good. But, um, I mean, yeah, obviously training, um, fighting smarter and just evolving as a fighter, you know. I've only been boxing for five and a half years. I had my first amateur fight five and a half years ago, and I'm a fast learner. So every fight I have, I learn, you know. So And every training camp and every day I'm in there learning, and I'm, I'm like a sponge. And um, so, you know, I'm only going to get better because I'm not like – not like a, a fighter that's been fighting 15, 20, 15 years or 10 years and have all these habits. I'm still learning everything. So, um, you know, um, when that all, when it all comes together, like, um, it's just going to get better. And I know every fight's going to be better. Mm-hmm. I only had eight weeks with Mark and I did that. Um, we, we, I learned a lot with Mark. So I know now being here and with him, training with him all the time, I'm just going to get this like fucking amazing. I'm going to be undisputed. Ooh. When you when you look back at that fight, if you've watched it any number of times, what did you, from the outside looking in, enjoy about that fight? <laughs> Fucking just love. I got to sit and punch. Like I mean, because I'm look, I love I like that. That's my that was literally my bread and butter. Um, Mark didn't like he taught me a little bit of that, of course, you know. But really, that's my natural fight style. Um, is to sit and go toe to toe, and that's why it was so easy for me because when something's natural for you and you're not thinking and you're just flowing because it's natural it's it's easy I wasn't really getting tired I was just letting it all my body was just flowing how it would because it's a natural fight style for me um and I just loved it I was just I honestly like to be able to sit there and like go body head body head like up and down and be able to like then shift to the other side and do it and that's hard to do when you've got someone that's a runner or someone that's trying to outbox you and you're always moving. Um, you know, and obviously most people box me like that because they don't want to do and sit in the because they know that I'm good on the inside. They don't want to sit and cop that. <laughs> and I don't think anyone ever will again, unfortunately, because obviously I love that kind of fight. But um, I have a feeling everyone's going to be like, yeah, no, nah, we're not going to do that. We're just going to box and move, Ebony. But um, I was prepared for that kind of fight as well. And Mark taught me a lot about, cutting off and slowing down a mover. So if I get a mover in front of me, I'm quite well, very positive and capable of breaking them down too. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've just got pretty much all the, I've got all the tools in my toolbox and now it's just, um, yeah, just, just sharpening them and every camp, every day sharpening them. You were not able to go to the uh, Taylor versus Serrano because you were doing, it was your birth, your dad's birthday, I believe. I remember. Yeah, I went home. Yeah. That. So um, that was a mega fight, obviously, for women's boxing. Okay. just boxing. Now, when you saw a fight like that, tell me you didn't cry, girl, because Yonder and I were crying. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, I didn't cry, but I got really, I got quite emotional. Like, I could feel it in my chest and my, my eyes were rewarded a little bit. Um, and, you know, I haven't been around, the, like, I mean, I've been a boxing fan since I was little, but I haven't been myself boxing for that long. So, like, only five, like I said, five years, five and a half years. But it made me think about all the girls that have been boxing for so long, like Kaylee Rees, like your Heather Hardys, like your Serranos, you know, that have been around for a long time. And it made me think, wow, how special is this for them as well? You know, um, because if I feel this way and I've only been boxing for five years, imagine how these OGs feeling, you know, like to see that because of what all they've been through. Like, and then even the girls before that, like your yeah. Ann Wolfs and, you know, your Christy Martins and all them, like, you know, it's just a huge thing. And, you know, there was a lot of girls inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend and went by, which was pretty amazing. And um, to think that the Hall of Fame only even recognised women like in 2020 or something like this, it's fucking nuts, you know. So, you know, we've got to be very 
um, excited and happy for the progression that women's boxing is making. I know people still have a little bit of a whinge and a cry that it's not the same as the men, but we just got to be happy that it's progressing and that, and it's actually progressing exponentially. Um, if we really look at it and think about it, it's, it's exponential. It's not just like slowly going. It's gone like two years ago, three years ago. It was kind of, mm, and now we're literally, you know, getting million dollar fights. Like it's, it's, you know, it's really increased and that's, thanks to COVID, in my opinion. Yeah. And Eddie Hearn, obviously. But, I mean, Eddie Hearn was putting the women's fights on during COVID. Like, that's when it really started to boost, probably because we're cheap. (laughs) <laughs> not, no. not anymore. No, nope. you're you're, when, fr- you know. you're free, but not cheap. You're free. You're available, yeah, but not cheap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not at. I'm, you know, when you don't have crowds, um, you can't be putting on some of them boys, Kenya, but the women. Um, and we're exciting, and that they got to show and build us, and and doesn't matter. Like you know, that was all part of it. It's the first step, just getting us on the platform, and now. We've, you know, we can build the fans and we can start asking for the money. Yeah, and I love it as well. Like, the backyard is beautiful. It's, I'm just, I'm very blessed um, and very lucky that, you know, all my hard work's paid off and I'm able to um, do what I'm doing. And, um, you know, I mean, I invested a lot in my career, a lot, um, which people don't realise, um, and um, spent a lot more money than a lot of people would have to get my career going. Um, most people would have quit a long time ago if they were in my shoes. Um but I persevered because I had a dream and now I'm reaping awards of it. It just shows, um, you know, proves that if you persevere, you know, and you work hard, then you can, you can achieve it. Mm-hmm. I, I like what you're saying. Also living your dreams, but living them in on your own terms and being unapologetically yourself. And I respect that so tremendously about you. And what is very appalling to me is when people have commentary about how you appear, because everyone says women should be able to do whatever they want and be themselves until it's you, until it's a sexy woman. And I just don't understand that. So what type of messaging would you say about that kind of knife cutting both ways be yourself <laughs> except when it comes but, to any bridges then i gotta turn i know i know it's crazy i mean it's like there's a lot of other women out there that are being sexy and being beautiful and and there have been in women's boxing especially america you know what i mean there's been plenty like that um, Marcella Corn- Marcella Cornejo, the red bathing. You know who I'm becoming? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's beautiful. But she didn't cop it, you know. Like no one, just the blonde fucking bomber cops it, you know. But it's just double standards with me, you know. And um, I don't know what it is. And and to be honest, I don't really take much notice of it because look at me, <laughs> I'm the one that's successful and um, I'm the one that's you know paving a path for younger generations. When I do my meet and greets, you know the amount of young girls that come and see me and they just look up to me and they want to be a little blonde bomber, you know, and that's why not like, and I think it's great. And, um, I think I'm a great ambassador. and I think I'm a great, um, uh, role model, you know, for what I believe in and what I push because the world is full of too many people trying to, um, pretending to be someone they're not and trying to impress other people by faking it or, you know, being judged or, you know, thinking that they can't be themselves, um, because of society, but, really we're all out there and all we really want to do is be ourselves but people um because of the way society is people really struggle and um i I just hate that i just think that like i said my hashtag you know be you be real you know and and i just so believe in that and and in the end i was myself 
I did what I love to do. I did what's natural to me. I never faked nothing. I never tried to be nothing else. I said what I wanted to say, wore all on to war, did whatever. And, um, you know, and now I feel like I'm a bit of a, a pioneer in a way of this kind of era of this kind of style of women's boxing. And I think that's a good thing because I've just opened up more avenues, got more fans, got more, you know, younger people looking into it that might not have been into it. Like, you know, it's, it's if I was to conform to what everyone said, especially at the beginning, and I sat there and I was like, oh God, they don't like me or I shouldn't do this and, you know, or maybe I should just go and do what everyone else is doing and wear the matching Calvin Klein underwear everyone wears. <laughs> like, here, there's a, you know, like, and just go and do what everyone else does and be, keep my mouth shut and be conservative and be institutionalised because I might say something wrong and I might swear and people might judge me and, Fuck that, man. I was like, mate, I can't fake it. I can't fake it. I just can't. Because even if I was to do, if I was to be that kind of person, I would have been fucking hating myself inside and I would have been just wanting to explode. And um, and eventually it would have came out and everyone would be like, whoa, who the fuck's this? You know, and, and I can't do that. Um, and I think it's good because I think I'm inspiring other female fighters. You know, I know my friends around me that I'm inspiring in the boxing industry, you know, that, um, uh, like embracing themselves as well and just not not scared to be themselves and we shouldn't be because boxing needs characters for all the fucking same you know the amount of people when i started out were like why can't you be more like katie taylor you should look at katie taylor and that's how you should be you know because that's like she's a good role model i'm like firstly i'm not fucking katie taylor i'm ebony fucking bridges all right i'm the blonde bomber secondly I'm not a two-time or gold or whatever gold medalist or I'm not that. I don't have what she has. Why should I be the same as her? Why do I have to be Katie Taylor to be successful in boxing? Why do I have to be you know, uh, Clarissa Shields to be successful in boxing? Why do other people have to be Ebony Bridges to be successful in boxing? They don't. You just need to be yourself and find your thing and do you, and you will fucking be successful if you work hard. And you got it. You know what I mean? Like that's it. It's it's it's, it's just that. That's how it is. You've got to put yourself out there. And um, I don't want others to go. Oh, that's what Ebony does. So that's what I need to do. And that's because that's how you get famous. And that's how you do. No, it's not. That's what worked for me. You know. But if you're not that person, it's going to come through real fast. That you're not fucking very comfortable out there in a G string. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or that you're, like, you're not comfortable doing this and saying that. Like you know. And I just just it's just mate. You just got to. You just, I, I can't put, I can't stress it enough. Just be yourself. And if you want to say that, say it. And I love that the girls are having a bit of cat fights and a bit of spite on the Twitter. I love that. I love Maya, Michaela May. She's my, one of my favorites. You know, there's none of this like bullshit. Let's be girly and like conservative because we're women. I fuck that. And that's what I love about Clarissa Shields, man. Clarissa Shields is one of my inspirations because she, um, she is unapologetically herself as well and continues to remain confident and believe in herself. Mate, she came into the boxing world when she was, I don't know what, like into the pros when she was like, what, 23 or something? I'm like a, a kid, a baby. Like, and she got that much hate, you know what I mean? But she never changed. She grew up, of course, she matured, you know what I mean, as you do. But she still was herself. And I always think, and I always looked back as well when I saw like me getting a bit trolled or whatever. I thought, man, look at this close to and she was so young, like, and she's just so strong, man. And I know it does. We're, we're all human. Like, it fucking, it does hurt. But you got to just be confident enough in yourself and believe in yourself enough and be secure to push it all aside and go, you know what, these these people don't know me. They don't know shit. They don't know what I've been through. They don't know my life. They don't know what I've, I've done to get here or what I've what's happened to me, you know. And um, I think that's really important. 
that people don't um, – they've got to understand these people online or these trolls or whatever, they don't know you, man. And who cares what someone who don't know you says about you? Mm-hmm. Fucking know, all that matters is what you feel about yourself, what you think of yourself and the people close to you, I believe, you know, your family and your close friends. Like, if your close friends are like, oh, you're a fuckwit, like, pull your head in, then, oh, you're like, okay, yeah, fuck, you probably shouldn't have done that, like, because you trust the people close to you, right? But these people that don't know you, like, you can't let them affect you because if you listen to these haters, you're never going to get nowhere, never. You can't be successful by listening to the people that haven't aren't there or aren't, aren't you know don't know you. In my opinion, anyways, that's my welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Wait, I just want I Period. just want the, the, the term again. Is it fuckwit? Fuckwit. <laughs> yeah, I'm fuck at. Wit. I need to add that to my vocabulary because <laughs> I like that. <laughs> We, you know, on the show, we always say agency over body. It's our body. We can do whatever we want. We don't tell That's you right. what to do, how to do it. And if you want to walk around naked, go for it. Just don't get that arrested. I mean, <laughs> yeah. exactly. exactly. Like, we're not in the, like, 1920s or 30s anymore. It's just so, I don't know what the word is. My goodness, I don't know how to say the word because I'm a math teacher, not an English person. But it starts with M and it has a Y in it. Anyways. Misogyny? I, <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. And um, like, you know, these people like they, is that the right word? Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know the word. I just don't know how to say it. Um, yeah. And um, like, it's just so silly. It's like, it's just like we're constantly being told what we can and can't do or like, oh, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, um, I know a lot of the girls have been doing like Heather Hardy, you know, she's one girl, she's one woman that's so inspiring as well and always pushing that women empowerment and really women strength from being who you are and, and, you know, um, you know, standing up for women, you know, and I mean, a lot of, you know, the Americans girls have been all sticking together for a long time and, you know, like pushing that. Um, and now it's come global, you know, and, um, I respect all of them. I respect all the girls before, all the girls that are with me and all the girls that will be in the future because we're all part in that and we're actually all in it together. Not really, unfortunately. It's nice to have the community that we have because, I mean, I think it's pretty good most of the time Um, and it's going to take a while before we all get really seen as, really seen as individuals, if that makes sense, like the men, Um, because we still do represent each other when we jump in that ring and we fight we still are, that's women's boxing, you know. So it's lucky that we are having some amazing fights and the fights that we're having are incredible for women's boxing and we've got to keep doing those kind of fights. And then eventually it won't be like, oh, that's women's boxing. It's going to be like, oh, that's Nebony Bridges or that's a, it's boxing. You know, it's just boxing. that's boxing or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the men's boxing, like you're not like, oh, you don't see a bad performance in men's boxing, girl, men's boxing shit. Like you just go, that person's shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So going to well, get like that. You did talk about some females that uh, we have to get some predictions from you or you don't have to give predictions. You can give a breakdown. <laughs> Michaela okay. Mayer versus Alicia Baumgartner for the unification belt. Ooh, this fight <laughs> is so talky. I swear to God. Like, I mean, look, both those girls, like, you know, I respect both those girls, both my friends. I am team mayor on that. I mean, obviously I love mayor as a person, but I just love how Michaela Mayer has evolved. I've watched her from the start and I've loved to watch her evolution and her every fight. She has another, added another tool, another tool to a toolbox. 
and her coach Al and her whole team have really developed her so well, you know, given her the right fights to like just build and then get not rushed her, you know what I mean? Um, which I find that they're rushing a little bit here over in the UK. Like, but I feel like America is not smarter, but they do like it's boxing. They're not, they're looking at it as in how you would, you know, just like you would um, build a, a male fighter. That's how they should do the female fighters in a way, maybe slightly a little bit faster, but not too fast, you know? And so I feel like Michaela Mika- is fully equipped for anything that comes to her. As for Alicia, look, we've seen a knockout of Terry Harper. We've seen that she does have the power, you know, um, and she does have, you know, the experience in her last fight. She looked very clinical. Um, you know, she's got great, obviously the great balance and a great posture, but that's when she's controlling the fight. When she's in control, of course she looks amazing, you know, but we haven't really seen Alicia being pushed up on except for her fight with uh, Christina Lindendale. You know, obviously that was quite a while ago and she was still very fresh. Um, and she, I feel like she's definitely evolved since then, but she hasn't had any fights where she's been really pressured where, We've seen Michaela in it, mate. We've seen her in a dog fight. We've seen her in a fight, like, even against Helen, um, Joseph, like, like a hammer douche, you know, and we know she can box, you know. Um, even in her earlier fights, she was boxing, so that's not an issue. Um, and the power, yeah, she has a fucking chin. <laughs> we know that, you know. So I just, I mean, for me, I just, I'm just seeing it's, it's going to be Michaela. I feel like it's a Michaela points win. She has the work rate. Um, and the smarts to really just outwork Alicia. I think once she puts the pressure on Alicia, I'm not sure Alicia will be able to um, think as fast because um, she hasn't been put under that kind of pressure before. I mean, look, there's always a possibility that she could get a KO possibility, but that KO that she had over Terry Harper was very rare. It's not a KO that women get very often. It's not a fight that you, it's not a KO you can kind of expect time after time. Um, you don't see that. It was, you know, especially with the two-minute rounds. Um, so for her to pull that off again, you'd have to see, uh, you know, like it would be, I just think Michaela will be way too conditioned for that kind of knockout um, and way too prepared. So, yeah, sorry. No, it's a great <laughs> breakdown. Went, 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 went. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> yeah. what we love. Because you awesome. women know you guys really break it down. I mean, some guys do too, but we like to hear the women. Yeah. Uh, and the other one before, God, our time already went by so fast. Um, uh, Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall. Oof, this one's harder for me. This one's it is harder. Oh. I always thought that Clarissa would, would win this fight, to be honest, um, just because I love Clarissa's style. And her last fight, she showed a lot more again. Um, she showed the improvements with those body shots, you know, because she used to be a bit of a, just a headhunter, a bit of a straight puncher, but very good at what she does. She's she's very slick. She's got a beautiful timing, great footwork, and um, she's I think she's quite elusive. Um, so she's actually hard to hit. Um, but her last fight, you know, she, she was putting it in, um, but the two minute rounds really hard and she isn't super heavy handed, but she can put them together. But then you got someone like Savannah, who's like knocking these girls out. Um, but when I look at the records, I look at Savannah and as well as she's very good and she does have quite an awkward style and she is strong. And, you know, you can even tell her, you know, sparring partners and everything say she's very strong, but she is also fighting girls that coming in on week notice, two weeks notice. I know a lot of her fights have fallen through and it's not her fault. She just had to get replacement fights. And when anyone comes in with that short notice, they're not conditioned. They're much easier to get knocked out. I know what I feel like first two weeks of camp. Uh, you know, I feel like bloody a little flyweight could probably knock me out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just not feeling conditioned. So it's a lot easier to get knocked out when you don't have a full camp. 
Um, and, you know, she's not fighting the elite fighters as Clarissa. It doesn't say, it doesn't mean that she doesn't have it. But I just feel like it's a little bit harder to judge her completely um, when she hasn't had the the quality of an opponents that Clarissa has had. Every fight Clarissa's had, her opponents have had full camps. I'm pretty sure most of, like, maybe one hasn't. But they've all had full camps. There have been a lot of champions. They've all been, you know, the best in the division. Maybe she's has been too good that she's made them not that made them look average, just like Katie Taylor did, just like Flo Mayweather has done. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head that Savannah's fought that has been a quality or a you know an actual champion or had a really good camp, um, you know, or like high level. I mean, maybe Hannah Rankin has you know she's tough and she's got a good she's had a she would have had a good camp but then the, you know the, the skill levels is there well she's a she's a mad like just a fighter you know where um i just feel like clarissa has been up against all different styles um although um savannah is quite awkward it'd be pretty, pretty hard to prep for that kind of fight i think you know she reminds me a lot of the furies to be fair she's very elusive as well she mm. kind of punches from all over the place place and you got these long arms so I do think towards Clarissa for a um, points decision. And the only way I think that Savannah wins is by a knockout. Mm. And I, I just, I don't know if she can knock out Clarissa because she'll have to hit her pretty clean. And um, Clarissa is going to be very conditioned. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. That one's, these, this fight, this one in particular, the Savannah Marshall and the Clarissa fight, I need to see because I'm, I'm really indecisive, like, like, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously edging. I'm like 55% Clarissa, 60% Clarissa, but it's still very tight where I think the mayor and Alicia one, it's, it's, I'm more sold on, on mayor. Okay. Well, see. And that's what I love about, sorry, that's what I love about women's boxing at the moment because women's boxing at the moment, you want to have these fights where you can't, we don't know who's going to win because you want to watch them, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll make a, an, a confession and I wasn't even really into women's boxing myself until a couple of years ago. Like, I mean, I watched the boys, but I watched obviously Lucia Riker, I used to love the OG, the OGs, you know what I mean? But there was a period there of women's boxing where it was really hard to get a good, a really good quality women's boxing fight because the pool was not as deep and so the fights were quite often mismatched. So you're going into it, as much as you love that fighter because you like to watch him, you still know who's going to win, you know? So you don't get as excited because you're like, it's kind of like, yeah, cool. We just It's like when you watch uh, Canelo or a mate you go, no, we're just gonna go watch like and just smash it, like, yeah. win. Like it's great. We love watching him, but we know he's gonna win. But now, when the fact is, you can't. It's, it's there really are some fifty-fifty fights, and it's really close fights. It's it's genuine. Like we don't know who could win. Like you obviously can put it together and break it down and think, yeah, this person's gonna win. But now with this, I think that's what makes you really want to tune in and really want to watch it. Plus, obviously, there's so many other things, you know the promotion and the characters, but I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I can keep going, but I'm going to stop. <laughs> I, I love that. It. I love how you're breaking it down. But see, that's it. what people need. No, but that's what people mean. You know, we, even we here at the show, we still get some comments on our socials. Like why are women talking about boxing? Why are women talking about boxing? Because women know a lot about boxing, particularly exactly, women yeah. fighters like yourself. Before we close yeah. out, we have a segment called talk your shit. So there, your camera is right in front of you since you're not in the studio with us. So go ahead for the next 30 seconds, look into your camera, Ebony Bridges, and go ahead and talk your shit to whomever you think needs to hear it. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, look, um, thanks. I just want to say thanks, honestly, to all, all my supporters, really, um, because I do believe that if it wasn't for my supporters and my fans, then um, I wouldn't be where I am, you know, because it's everyone calling up, calling my names and talking talking their shit about me um, that's got me where I am. And, you know, now I'm having call-outs every weekend. I get a new call-out by a new fighter out of a new division. Um, and it's great that, um, you know, everyone's talking about the Blonde Bomber and that I'm always trending and it's, it's not really me. I'm not that heavy on socials anymore, you know, because I've got a very busy life. So big shout-out to all my all my fan supporters, all my haters and all the girls calling me out. Keep calling my name, keep spreading my name. It's only going to build my brand even more. And um, just a big message to everyone and anyone that's struggling, um, you know, with any hate or anything that they see online um, and a feeling of doubt, just remember these people, they don't know you. They don't know shit. Be confident in yourself. Be you. Be real. And don't change for anyone unless it's for yourself. So, yeah, much love always from me. Oh, that was beautiful. Ebony, yeah, man. We got to get you. I got Yeah. Come to we got to get you up in the studio with us. Yes, please. Yeah. Please. Where are you guys? In Las Vegas. Are you the East Coast or West? Oh, Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Shit. Okay. Well, you know, I, I, I plan to go to Vegas. I'm a bit closer now. Um, I don't know about 17 hours away, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit closer now. A so lot. Much closer. Sure. Uh, before anything, there's two things I do want to ask you. I saw this on on the internet. Is it true? Are you going to have an OnlyFans or you can't have an OnlyFans because of your teaching? <laughs> I read this. I swear this shit true? on the internet. Yeah. I was just like, I don't oh, know. I I'm like, let no, me just ask her. Yeah, I did. No, I did. I did do an, I did do an article a while ago. Someone asked me about OnlyFans and um, obviously the only, not the only reason I'm not doing OnlyFans, but one of the biggest reasons I'm not going on OnlyFans to make millions because I would. Um, is obviously because, um, you know, in Australia, I wanted to have the opportunity to go back to teaching because boxing's not that big in Australia. So if I was to reside back in Australia, you know, I would eventually probably have to go back to teaching. Um, so I didn't want to do jeopardize my teaching career because I love teaching. Um, but now that I've moved over here, I'm probably a bit too much of a name to teach over here in the UK. And, I, and there's so much more opportunities for me post boxing, um, outside of teaching. Well, I still want to go into schools and inspire and do talks to kids, but probably not in the classroom. Um, so who knows what the future holds for Ebony and OnlyFans. But um, it's just um, right now it's not my focus. Um, but, I mean, it's definitely not out of the question. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes. And there's, stay tuned. Stay tuned. And there's one other thing that you can you can do talk your shit part two. I saw that you did. Hey, yes. Sorry. I saw you did tweet something about sponsorship. And, you know, asking people if they want to be sponsors, um, you know, and it's the slack, the feedback that people gave. I could not believe it. Every boxer has a sponsor. I'm sorry. But it's me. It's because of me. It's because of me. It's just the double standards. It's like, why is Ebony hustling? They must think I'm a fucking millionaire or something. Or they, they forget, like, you know, like. Like, like I even said in that post, like, you know, I had to pay so much money. My, I paid 12, 12 and a half grand in my first three fights, you know, like, cause I didn't have sponsors. I didn't have a platform and, you know, people forget, like I wasn't even making money, you know, and some girls don't even make money. Like, you know, like, you know, Serrano probably wasn't making money until the last fight, really. Like she's probably still having to work PT or do some kind of job on the side. Look at Heather Hardy. You know what I mean? Always having to work and train in the gym and, and PT and stuff like, because we, we don't make money. So sponsors definitely help. And can't see why it's such an issue for me to um, use my platform to reach out. I think I, 
that's where I'm an athlete. I'm a sports person. I would get a sponsor. A, a, a tennis player would get a sponsor. Like it, that's just what you do as an athlete. You know, it's just I don't know normal people. Like it's like oh, we we have to work and our hard earned job money. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm sorry, but you're not a fucking professional athlete. And people forget, people forget that a professional athlete, that's our job. We get our money from sponsors and from obviously our promoters, but that's how we make our money. We don't go and do nine to five. People forget because those people who do work a nine to five, for them, a sport or the gym is a leisure. So it's like, well, you're just doing something that's fun. Like, I wish I could get paid to go to the gym. Okay, well, become a fucking professional athlete. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Like, like it's, it's just ridiculous. Like, it's so hard to explain it. Um, but I didn't – I mean, I, the only reason I kind of tweeted a bit more to give a bit more background is because I think it needs to be said to some mm-hmm. people. Um, and I think saying that also shows that other people – like, this is why you need to support – boxers in particular but athletes in general this is why people your business needs or should support us because if it wasn't for sponsors i wouldn't be where i am and um you know i know there's other guys out there that are starting out that need sponsors so they can become world champions one day you know but it's the help of that to help be able to commit to it um so we can do it and I think it just wanted to educate people a little bit on the whole sponsor thing yeah um but yeah um Anyways, I've got a car, so fuck you all. And I've got fucking everything else. So hard work pays off and so does the hustle. Yeah. Hello. Oh, man. <laughs> this is so great. Giandro, God, we got to get you in the studio, Ebony, For the real. next time you're here. And eventually, whenever we make our trip to the UK, because we want to see you fight live. Sure That's do. That's all we want. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I have a fight in the US because I do want to fight in the US again. Um, so... We'll be working on that, um, you know. And if Jamie Mitchell doesn't doesn't beat, uh, if Jamie Mitchell beats Shannon Courtney, you know, to be honest, I, I think she does. But I kind of don't want her to. I really want. I do want Shannon. You know, I don't like her. I do want Shannon to to win that belt back. So there's a reason for me to fight her. I don't really want to fucking give her a shot at fucking belts. Like when she kind of like she's failed. Like she's just. She said to me that I don't take the sport. Seriously, because I weigh in lingerie. Oh, she doesn't make weight. Like, wait, who's, wait, yeah, who's she, making? Who, who doesn't take I remember it? that. Did you? So like, Jamie, Jamie disclosed to us uh, that her father, or no, her boyfriend, or the baby's daddy, uh, her son's father, passed away two days before her fight. No one knew this, mm-hmm. and Shannon didn't want to fight if she had to pay since she was overweight. Did you know mm-hmm. that? And no, I didn't know that, but it doesn't fucking surprise me. She's a fucking idiot. God, she's an idiot. She's, I, I mean, like, but I just want to beat the shit out of her, but I want to beat the shit out of her and get a belt. I don't want to beat the shit out of her just to beat give her a payday. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Like, because it gives her a payday. Like, uh, without me, like, all she's got is Jamie. And then after she's been beaten by Jamie, she's got nothing except me, you know, mm. and, and she's just a twat. Like, so, <laughs> look, I just... I just I, I I love Jamie. I think Jamie's a beautiful human. I think she deserves everything that she's got. She's worked so hard and she's a great champion and her last fight what she did amazing and she's only gonna get better and um yeah, I wanna I wanna fight them all. Um but it's just yeah, um I mean I'll be happy with anything, but yeah, I just uh, I just don't wanna give the payday without the belt, but I do wanna have that fight and I think it's a fight that needs to happen for the fans, so because I'm a you know, fan fighter. It will have to happen eventually. 
but um yeah that's like that grudge match cal brooks yeah america like that yeah oh we're gonna have to wrap i'm so sad but um again Chandra, <laughs> like i always say this was a fantastic show even though we're all via zoom uh but thank you ebony for taking the time out i know it's now it's dark we see it's dark and it's yeah, time it's for dark. you to either go do your road work or you're going to bed <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah i'm going to bed there you're moving all day <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Giandra, last thoughts? Anything? You are a badass, and I cannot wait to see you. you fight again. Ebony, thank you for your time. And uh, thank you, Cynthia, for being patient with me because, ooh, it's kind of rough over here. <laughs> so I couldn't get on the plane today. And so thanks, everybody, for yeah. tuning in. All right. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Ebony. Again, uh, make sure you guys follow her, follow her path, follow her career. Go sponsor her. She's a freaking badass, right. okay? And she can box. She backs it up in the ring. She's hot. She got big boobs. She She's got blondie. She got a nice body and she can fuck you <laughs> up. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, all Peace right. <laughs> this is another one in the can for us. Again, thank you for watching the best women's boxing show period. Make sure you guys like, share, subscribe all of our videos right now that are uh, that are on uh, YouTube and we are dropping even more fire content. So make sure you guys. Fire. Fire. <laughs> Genre, I love you. Get. Uh, I'll see you for the next show and um, I hope you feel better babe thank you thank you all right guys another one in the can i'm cynthia conte for best and i'm giandra oh there you go i don't even see you there you are i'm out here there she is all right guys again see you guys at the fights bye guys 